welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is located on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops-Tay territory within the unceded traditional lands of Sequem-Ulu. And today's text, Orion in the Dark, well, like the setting's not super clear, Joe, but Mm-mm. it did read in several reviews that the movie adaptation, at least, is set in Philadelphia. So that's what we're going with today. And that's the traditional home of the Lenny Lenape peoples. Right. I suspect if I knew more about sports, I would have known that it was set in Philadelphia because <laughs> of all the posters, but I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get that either. That's fine. That's why we have a YA podcast, not a sports podcast. <laughs> Imagine if we had a sports podcast. Oh my god. One minute sports roundup each week <laughs> from you and I. Um, Joe, this is a really different thing for us. This is like, it's younger than we usually pitch, and the source material is super younger than we usually pitch. It's actually a picture book. Mm-hmm. So what is Orion in the Dark then, Brenna? Okay, so Orion in the Dark is a picture book by Emma Yarlett, and I really dig her art style, Joe. I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was cute. Mm. The premise is that we have our protagonist, Orion, and uh, he is afraid of the dark. He's afraid of a lot of things, actually. This is a kid with an anxiety disorder, pretty clearly. Oh, boy. But most significantly, he really struggles with the dark. And, you know, the film really plays into the fact that, like, dark is like an existential fear like Mm -hmm. we evolved to have but in in the book it's really just you know how can we get this kid to not be so afraid of everything all the time Mm -hmm. and uh, one night dark comes to life and this all happens because orion talks about how much he hates the dark and he stands up and he wants the dark to go away forever and the dark basically comes in and is like I'm actually That's not very nice. <laughs> like a pretty good guy. You're being kind of mean. Um, and this is one of my favorite tropes in picture books is when the pages themselves are cut in such a way that they're doing interesting things. So mm-hmm. here we have this handshake with the dark that is actually like a turn of the page itself, which I thought right. was really beautifully done. Okay. And so we go on this journey with the dark where we go through a tour of all the scary places in the house the basement, the things that make scary noises, all these different places where Dark lives. And Mm -hmm. Dark gives Orion the experience of having fun in those places. And in the end, Orion doesn't want the Dark to leave at all, and they become friends. Right. Yeah. It's It's cute. 30 pages. It is. It's very, very cute. I felt (laughs) like that was the descriptor that I would use the most when I was talking about both this picture book as well as the finished film. Obviously, we're Mm -hmm. going to have quite a bit more to say about the 90-minute feature that is made out of this (laughs) 30-page picture book. But overall, I thought, you know, yeah, this is very cute. It's a simple premise, well executed, and the artwork you write is very, very gorgeous. Yeah, and I, you know, I read it with Groot, obviously. Groot's a bit out of an afraid of the dark stage, but definitely Mm -hmm. still has fears and anxieties. And I just thought it was a nice approach to, you know, the basic premise of the book is not like there's nothing to be afraid of so much as it Mm -hmm. is let's think about our fears in a different kind of way. Right. 
and maybe see what can be interesting or exciting or fun about the things that we think are scary. And so, you know, from like a parent perspective, I really like the approach right. that it takes. Yeah. And it's funny. Like there were laugh out loud moments in the book for my kid. So, you know, that's always a win. <laughs> I was going to say, so it did the trick. It did exactly. everything it needed to do. It did. Good job, book. <laughs> Yay. I mean, it's not for us, Joe, right? But I can appreciate no. what it's doing. And I think, I, I mean, Emma Yarlett, I will seek out more of her books just because I thought this was really creative. As we already mm -hmm. talked about, love the visuals, love the way she makes use of the whole page, each page. It's a really um, immersive story in that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a solid win. If you're hard up for something to read to a younger child, this is a solid pick. And it's great in terms of bedtime story length, like 30 pages, yes. not a ton of words on any given page. It's very much emphasis on the visual. So it's going to be fun. And then it's over. Yeah, it's a good gift to like, if you know a kid who is having trouble with the dark or with, you know, anxieties in general, I think it'd be a good gift for that for that kind of kid. There we go. All right, well, why don't we switch over to the film, where I imagine we'll dedicate <laughs> most of the episode. Yeah, I think that's fair. My name's Orion, and I'm afraid. Afraid of what you want to know? It's most things, to be candid. <gasps> Girls in general. Being responsible for my team losing. Ah. Giving the wrong answer in class. Richie Panici. Good night, Orion. <laughs> but all the things I'm afraid of... Ah! I'm most afraid... Of the dark. <sighs> what are you? Isn't that obvious? The room's dark. It's dark out. Hello, I'm dark. Of all the kids who are terrified, you are by far the loudest, <gasps> the most obnoxious, and frankly, you're on a whole different level. You're keeping a list? Yes, I'm keeping a list. You know how many kids are afraid of me? You come watch me do my job for one night, and you'll finally see that I'm nothing to be afraid of. Are you in or are you in? I'm... Pretty great, right? Orion, I'm gonna get you to overcome your fears if it kills me. And I'm immortal, by the way, so I've got all the time in the world. Allow me to introduce the other night entities. There's more? We're fun. You're gonna love us. You brought the screamer! The kid who's afraid of everything? Uh... Helping random children to boost your fragile self-esteem is not in our job description. Whoa, that is insightfully harsh. You really think you can fix everything I'm afraid of in one night? One night can change everything. Is it me or am I more excited about this than you are? Hold on tight. Okay, so Orion and the Dark becomes a 2024 animated film. It's directed by Sean Charmitz, and it's written by one Charlie Kaufman, who is, of course, the screenwriter behind existential cerebral films like Being John Malkovich and Adaptation. So this was principally the reason I wanted to program it, mostly because mm -hmm. I was just really intrigued by what the heck Charlie Kaufman was doing <laughs> with this property. So our voice cast includes Canadian Jacob Tremblay as Orion, as well as Colin Hanks as adult Orion. So we're already seeing some of the changes that the adaptation will make. 
We have Paul Walter Hauser as the voice of Dark, as well as Mia Akemi Brown as Hypatia, that's Orion's daughter, and Shannon Chan Kent as adult Hypatia. We also have a number of supporting characters who assist Dark as he moves around the world doing his nighttime regime. We have Angela Bassett as Sweet Dreams, Ike Bernholtz as Light, Natasha Dimitriou as Sleep, Golda Rashuva as Unexplained Noises, Nat Faxon as Insomnia, Aparna Nantrola as Quiet, and rounding out the cast, we have Matt Delapina as Orion's dad, Carla Gugino as Orion's mom, and Werner Herzog as the narrator. <laughs> we watched this as family movie night on Friday, and Devin was mm-hmm. like, is that Werner Herzog? It is like, wild. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, and, and that to me, you know, we're not making a huge use of Werner Herzog in this. It's not like there's a ton of narrator present in the finished text, but even just this acknowledgement of what is this man doing in this animated <laughs> film? It's the kind of wild big swing. Like this isn't a movie that I absolutely loved. I actually think that it's rocky in a few places, but it's such a weird, wild, big swing considering what the source material is and what we finish with that I couldn't help but admire its gumption. I agree. So where the movie differs from the book is that rather than mostly touring the house and the neighborhood and finding the dark spaces there and sort of making them fun Mm -hmm. dark actually takes orion on like a 24-hour journey around the world while he goes about his business and so we need these supporting characters to kind of have something else to do um but it is uneven in so far as you're asking a lot of a small child Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see the benefit in things like Insomnia. Frankly, you're asking a lot of me <laughs> to see the benefit of insomnia. What is that for? What? Yeah, no. And, and we're even asking the question, and I think the film believes that it gives a satisfying answer, but I was still left with, no, but what is the purpose of insomnia and unexplained noises? You know, it helps us as an audience and as people who do actually experience these things in real life understand why maybe there are things we don't fully understand about sleeping and nighttime. But in terms of a narrative construct, this stuff didn't work for me. I could have done with sleep and I could have done with sweet dreams, but unexplained noises and insomnia, I was just like, oh, you're fine. You don't need to be in here. I will say Quiet was the favorite character in our house. My my yes. kid will find the cutest thing in any situation and make it his favorite. And so mm-hmm. Quiet was his favorite character by far. <laughs> yes, I could definitely understand that. It was actually giving me echoes of the star, the kind of despondent star in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes. Yeah. You know, Joe, you said something off the top. I, I was quoting to you from... Uh, I think it was the Variety Review, which Mm -hmm. said that this is like inside out for anxious insomniacs. Right. Yes. And which also is kind of a problem. Not a problem, but inside out too is about anxiety disorders. So that's the whole thing. So we'll see what happens there. But Joe, you felt like it was maybe a little bit of a less successful inside out. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I think part of the problem is that 
you know, we're obviously personifying either emotions or events in the same kind of way. But even the animation style looked very similar to me of something like Inside Out of Elemental. And it's an unfortunate side effect. You know, this movie isn't in conversation with those other two texts, but by sheer virtue of coming out on the heels of like-minded, visually similar-looking movies, I can't help but feel like, oh, well, this is just kind of doing that, but I've already seen those other texts. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I I liked the visuals of this film, Mm -hmm. but I see those echoes there as you describe them, and I would have loved to see the art hue a little bit more closely to the original text. Now, that's always really hard to do, right? Like, sure. Emma Yarlin is not the animator. Um, mm-hmm. But I there's something quite unique about the visual signature of the book, and unfortunately, that doesn't really translate to the world of the film. Mm-hmm. If anything, this feels almost a little formulaic animated. Like it reminded Mm. me of Mitchell's versus the Machines. It's actually done by the same animation company that did the Captain Underpants movie, which I think is ironic because that one looks a little bit more visually distinct. But you're right. You know, this is generally pleasurable to look at. I think the animation is smooth. The colors are great. It's got some pretty standout set pieces and sequences. But overall, it just felt like it was giving me a lot of the same old same old i'll tell you that what didn't work for me and i'm sad about it because as you said off the top part of the pleasure of this film is that it does take a big swing Mm -hmm. but the collapsing timelines at the end of the film yes didn't really work for me so if you've not seen the film basically what happens is this is a story that adult orion is telling to his child hypatia But eventually, he kind of gets stuck in the storytelling. And so Hypatia Mm -hmm. offers to go into the story to save Orion and to save Dark. Orion wishes Dark away and it gets subsumed by light. And Hypatia offers to go in and rescue Orion. And Mm -hmm. so she enters the story. When she comes out of the story, she emerges in Orion's timeline, which then has to get all shaken up so that she can actually emerge in... And a timeline as an adult herself reading to her own child? Yeah, she's gone back 20 years. So in order to get her back to her correct timeline so that she, as a child, is not hanging out with her father as a child, necessitates a rescue then by her son. Tycho? Tycho from the future even further. And... It's a very brief moment near the end where, you know, oh, we talk about how they brought along kind of time monsters and we have to defeat them. And the movie sort of changes genres to become more of a science fiction action spectacle. And I, this is very Charlie Mm Kaufman-esque. Brenna, I'm not sure if you've seen Being John Malkovich or Adaptation, but Yeah. yeah, so you know that these are stories that have a tendency to feature narratives that collapse in on themselves or characters going within their own heads. Uh, It's basically the story that kind of eats itself. And as a Kaufman vehicle, I thought that this was a very fun exercise. But this is also an animated children family film. And in that capacity, I don't think it works. No, I mean... I can certainly say my kid went along with it, but he was having Mm -hmm. a lot more fun when, you know, the characters were on their adventure. And he was a lot more confused (laughs) by Mm -hmm. the ending of this than he typically is by a children's film, which, you know, is okay. But it doesn't really 
carry the purpose of the narrative, I think, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it loses track of what the story is trying to do, which is to help kids process the concept of fear and not just fear of the dark, right? It's really important to remember Orion is afraid of literally everything. And so in the film, they do a much more comprehensive job of working to unpack different individual fears. And we have kind of a big set piece nightmare at one point in the film that really showcases just which fears are are playing on Orion the most. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that works, but (laughs) the film kind of gets up its own butt at the end. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like we're falling into a black hole and it necessitates people going into the dreams of other people to rescue them. And there's even a moment where when Dark goes missing, Orion just kind of sits down at the edge of the world. And of course, it's revealed to be the giant turtle Mm -hmm. who's just casually swimming through the cosmos. And it's so cerebral and so adult. And again, you know, you're looking at it like I watched this with my husband and he turned to me and was just like, what are we doing right now? (laughs) And in some ways, you know, that's fun. It's clever. It's exciting. It's just extremely different from anything I was expecting. But yeah, when the film finished, I ended up reflecting back on my experience reading the picture book and realizing, oh, we really did just use this as about the first act of the film. And then it's Charlie Kaufman wanting to talk about the nature of how we tell stories and how it becomes a generational thing. And it really does lose that thread where it started being about overcoming your fears to, okay, how do we tell stories and how do we use those to connect with people across generations? Yeah, it's funny because I don't mind a weird movie. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't. But it's for me, it's that piece. It's that piece where it loses sort of... It's just not the film we thought it was going to be, right? Yeah. And it's not, I don't think it's also the film that it sets out to be at the beginning, if that makes right. sense. Like, it we... doesn't telegraph it. No, and a children's film does require a certain amount of follow-through on intent, you know? (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. You sold me that this film was going to be about something, and it kind of is, but also mostly isn't, but you trapped me into sitting down and watching it, and it's not quite a false bill of goods, but it's nearly there. And I'm six, Charlie Kaufman. I'm six years old. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't understand the turtle, and I'm struggling with multiple timelines. (laughs) I do think, like, I think this is a fun Sunday afternoon watch. I wouldn't ever, like, I wouldn't usher people away from it. I think Mm -hmm. there's some curious and interesting things going on. Um, And it's a fine family movie night. But I think it could have been something kind of special. And I think it almost is. And then it kind of collapses. Yeah, almost like the the film narrative itself, right? It just sort of collapses in on itself. Maybe it was all intentional all along. Joe, are you on a turtle right now? Uh, You know what? I could be and I wouldn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Joey hemmed and hawed about whether it's worth playing bingo. Do you want to try? Let's give it a shot. Okay. Bingo! Not a good bingo. Watch it be our most successful card ever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Better than Twilight New Moon? I think perhaps not. Oh, fair point. Okay. Um, I'm going to give one to good friendships because the friendship that develops between Orion and the Dark is actually quite lovely. Until it's not, 
<laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I would also say that the relationship between Orion and Hypatia is yeah. nice. And it's not something we often get a chance to talk about because so often... Obviously, we're usually talking about older characters, but mm -hmm. uh, there's something to be said about friendships that can develop between teenagers or children and their parents. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, there's a magic supernatural element here. Mm -hmm. Turtle Just a alone. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> this voice cast is absolutely stacked. And oh, even yeah. before Werner Herzog showed up, I would have said it was maybe stunt casting to have Angela Bassett in there or even Colin mm -hmm. Hanks. But Werner Herzog is the stunt cast move of this film, for sure. Absolutely. I will say, I did not love Angela Bassett's vocal performance. I, I constantly sort of felt like her voice and the way the character was drawn felt incongruous. Mm. They didn't match to me. Yeah, I actually, I don't disagree with you there. I wanted Sweet Dreams to be more luxuriously floating through space mm -hmm. to match that voice. And, and that was not what was happening. Or I, I wanted her to have stronger features. Mm -hmm. She seemed girlish to me. And Angela Bassett is strength and commanding its presence all day long. Yeah, it's interesting because in general, I think that the the helpers seem to have been created first and cast second, which when right. you're casting big names like this, I'm not sure that's the best path. Well, or just make sure that the people you're going after are the embodiment of what you're looking for. You know, we mentioned Inside Out, and I think that that mm. movie has perfect voice casting. Like, even when you see the actual actors in in the performance booth doing the role, you can actually see their features mirrored in the performance by the animated character. And yeah. here it really felt like, yeah, we either already had everything drawn and these people just kind of came in and did their best, or we got these people thinking, hey, we can sell this on names, but it yeah. really doesn't match the visual look we had already created. No, I agree, unfortunately. Um, we've got a Netflix connection. Obviously, this is a Netflix yeah. production. Mm -hmm. it's definitely a chosen one narrative i mean it kind of is from the beginning because this is the one kid who dark has picked out of all the kids who are afraid of the dark but especially yeah. at the end when we have to go into orion's dream specifically to save dark then it's very much a chosen one narrative mm -hmm. it's a little bit wild it doesn't really hang together all that well because i was never clear why orion i mean dark says at one point oh you're the kid who just screams at everything way more than any other person but it also kind of felt like why wait until this particular you know what probably thinking about it too too much but it definitely felt like okay i i guess orion really is a very special boy well, the other thing that didn't work about that for me is that up until the moment that Dark says that, that's not the impression I had of Orion. Like, mm -hmm. he is super anxious, but he's, like, quietly internalizing his anxiety in yes. every other scene that we see him in. And then Dark yeah. is like, you scream all the time. And I'm like, what? Does he? <laughs> Does he? <laughs> okay. All right. Fair, I guess. Um, road trip? But yeah. you're riding on the dark? <laughs> sure. We're going all around the world. I will say... It sounds like I'm really coming down on at least 50% of this movie, but there were just a bunch of little things that sort of irked me. And I was frustrated that we spend a bunch of time traveling around the world, but at only one point could I really make out any kind of geographical change in where we were. Like at one point, it looks like we stop in either some kind of Japanese pagoda or mm -hmm. something else. But so much of the film is just nondescript woods, nondescript city. 
it felt like it was lacking that touch that would have helped to give us some kind of geographical approximation that would make the different stops stand out more. Yeah, it, you felt like it wasn't helpful for at one point Sweet Dreams to just yell, we're in Europe. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, happens too. Europe! <laughs> it's like, that'd be like you and I saying, hey, we're in North America. It's kind of <laughs> giant. <laughs> I guess we have CanCon with Jacob Tremblay. Sure, yeah. And we do technically have a female writer of our source material. Correct, yes. And I guess the only other one that I had was aged up because we do get mm -hmm. to see child characters as adults and and Orion plays almost the same as an adult and as a child, like even to the way he's drawn, where it's like he's got the exact same hair. Yeah, and actually I would give it to you for aged up even just because in the book, he's got like footy pajamas on, like he's quite little in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and he's obviously like almost middle school aged in the in the film right yeah um what about borrowed time because it has to happen overnight right we've only got mm -hmm. 24 hours uh i also did kind of wonder i mean i think i understand how time zones work but wouldn't orion's parents have realized he was missing like mm -hmm. anyway anyway again overthinking it you are overthinking it, but especially because if you have a kid who gets up a million times in the night, as we're told Orion is that kid, mm -hmm. you notice when they don't. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but they were so sleep deprived that they just slept in late the next day anyway. Yeah, for like a whole day. Doesn't, doesn't it turn out that they've been asleep for like 48 hours or something weird because he says it's, it's 11 the next day? Yeah, it's something a little weird like that. Charlie Kaufman, come on. <laughs> anyway, it, it's a very interesting idea with some messy execution. But again, it felt like a bit of a worthwhile experiment. I think, unfortunately, that's what this feels like. Mm -hmm. It's almost as though Charlie Kaufman took this as a writing exercise and said, I'm going to give this a go. And what we see is that. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what's wild, Joe? Mm -mm. We got a line. We did get a line. Yeah, we did. <laughs> like the tropiest books and not gotten a line and this that is like barely ya mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the magic the magic <laughs> okay so if you watched you know orion in the dark and you want to get in touch with us about it uh you can find us on the socials at hkhs pod or on the hashtag hkhs pod joe where do they find you i can be reached at b stole my remote and that's the letter b and I'm at Brenna C. Gray, and that's Gray with an A. And if you've got anything more long form, you can always email us, hkhspod at gmail.com. Joe, mm -hmm. we're taking like a sharp left-hand turn now. We are. We're going to go it's check true. out Dark Rise by C.S. Pacat next week. Mm -hmm. And if yes. you read along with us, friends, it's a long one. So, you know, like, open the book. <laughs> it is a long one, but I'm going to say... I quite like this, and I found it to be a very, very fast read. Like, I was consuming whole sections of this book in one sitting. So I'm curious to see if I'm alone in this or if you will also find this enjoyable, Brenna. Well, soon I will also open the book, and then I'll find out. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I have time. I have time. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, you do. You do. You got a week. <laughs> 
so, oh, and the other thing I just wanted to say to folks is that we are going to look at season one of One of Us is Lying the following week. So for those of you who do watch along, that's like eight episodes. You might want to move on that too. Right. Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. also not a short book. You know, it's no. twisty turny, so it's easy to get into, but not a short book. And then yes, nearly eight hours of TV. Yeah, exactly. So you've got work to do. We've got work to do. And until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. But the screen is actually on a turtle. Right. Except then it's folding in on itself, (laughs) courtesy of an adult or child version of ourselves. Aliens, aliens. (laughs) All right, just stop. Basically, it's it's a very... I always do this. It's not an Aurora Borealis. <laughs> <laughs>